0: Hello and welcome to the High View Podcast, a gospel-centered conversation exploring theology, culture, and life in the local church. I'm your host Tyler Sweat, the pastor of Connection and Community, and apparently now digital media at High View Church. As we've gotten into this weird new season where everything's online, I think all of us have become uh, basically now digital pastors. Like all of our old titles mm-hmm. are gone. Uh, we're all yeah. just now digital. Uh, Media pastors, but that being said, I'm joined by our other two pastors of digital media, Josh Hildebrandt and Chad Williams. How are you guys doing?
1: Good. I'm I'm pastor of logic, but not as you would <laughs> normally think.
0: Yeah, logic the
1: application, and not making sound decisions.
0: You you are you making, sound, dec- you are making sound
1: decisions. <laughs> decisions hey. about sound.
2: Are Logic you cueing the, the applause? Have, have you cued the applause oh, on yeah, that? Oh, yeah,
1: we need to have that. There it is. With some applause. Pastor of Logic sounds like an actual title, you yeah. know, that could exist at a church. Pastor of Logic and mm. Counseling or something. But.
0: Well, yeah, we need to explore that in the next uh, church and conference, that we, if we ever get to have one. <laughs> we'll, uh, all right. But uh, you guys doing all right today? Are y'all uh, y'all hanging in there still?
2: yeah um starting to um my family's kind of moving around as much as society will let us by being open at this point yeah. um so uh the only thing we haven't we haven't eaten in a restaurant yet we haven't we haven't crossed that that bridge yet um but it's mainly because most places we like are still closed mm. um but uh yeah, yeah yeah we're i think uh I think, uh, we're, we're ready to, uh, to get out as much as possible and, uh, and try to get back to some degree of normalcy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We're the, we're the same. Um, it's just kind of, um, it's like Chad said, you, you kind of got to move at the speed of, um, of the community, you know, so we want to respect everyone as they're opening up, but like Eli's taekwondo is opening back up and we're excited about that to get him back in classes and. Just um, you know, want to do it safely and in how a healthy do you, way, how do you but social distance in a taekwondo class. So they, uh, well, they they actually There's can do it in taekwondo because it's just a lot of forms and stuff. Oh, um, if, you yeah. were, if you were doing like uh, jujitsu or something like that, or where you're like on the ground wrestling, that's not uh, that's not happening. But mm-hmm. taekwondo, you can, hey, you can do uh, social what distance.
2: The difference in jujitsu and taekwondo in less than thirty seconds.
1: Um, mainly uh, one is more of like a grappling on the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I could, I could be completely wrong. I'm no expert. Good Lord. But one is a, um, I I believe a grappling type thing, you know, on the ground wrestling where, um, Taekwondo is more about like forms and, and striking and stuff Mm -hmm. kicking and stuff like that.
2: Josh, give us an oral history of middle, um, (laughs) of ancient Eastern.
0: Unf- unfortunately, yeah. that is outside the scope of this podcast. Um, that's going to be on the wait, wait,
2: wait. that's that's <laughs> that's off Taek- podcast.
1: Taekwondo yeah. alone. That's that's what i are going to be talking about. The yes. the greatest form of martial arts. <laughs> yeah.
0: So of course we are uh, we are <laughs> jumping into the uh, five solos, as we uh, have been in these recent episodes. Um, Got to get us back on track here, guys. Um, you know we are <laughs> sorry, pal. Uh, we have to do uh, high view alone, what we're talking about. This one. No, uh, we are uh, exploring through the five solas of the Reformation. And uh, at, we've already done one of our uh, specific episodes about sola scriptura. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about solus Christus. And so I would encourage you, if you have not already, go back a couple of episodes and listen to our general introduction to this series where we talk about the history and kind of the origin of the five solas in general, and then of course we're going to be following up with episodes about each one of these specifically. And so today, uh, let's let's jump into uh, the questions. And so we want to start out just by looking at in general uh, what is the meaning of "solas Christus." Uh, of course, uh, we've already kind of translated that as "Christ alone," uh, but let's let's give just kind of a, a brief. Definition of what that means.
2: Well, um, I I think, well, obviously, um, Christus uh, Christ uh, alone uh, being uh, sola. So we're talking about uh, Christ alone, the difference uh, between um, what makes someone Roman Catholic historically and what makes someone Protestant historically historically. Um, is I've heard it said that and um, or alone is what the two words that differentiate uh, between those two large segments of um, what we would consider Christianity globally. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you say uh, Christ and you are uh, whatever it is, works in the case of uh, Catholicism, or uh, sacraments, whatever it might be, uh, then you, you're you Roman Catholic. If you are Christ alone, uh, then you are Protestant. And so it's the—really, it sounds kind of crazy to say, but really it is the exclusivist statement that really makes it so scandalous uh, when you consider the whole of church history. I was actually um, reading— uh, a book on second century Christianity uh, written by a guy named Michael Kruger. And uh, he was referring to what, what caused the intense persecution in the second century of Christians, late first century, early second century, where you hear these stories of, of Christians being thrown to lions and, and, and and, and torn apart and used as human torches and so on and so forth. And he refers to, and I, I'm gonna, I'll just read this brief little excerpt from that book uh, because I was actually reading it this morning and found it. It was, it was talking about Christ alone, and he says the Christian insistence on worshiping Christ alone not only led them to meet separately, but was in danger of inciting the displeasure of the gods. So, what made Christianity a threat to? the roman way of life was not that they said christ was god was a god but that he was the only one worthy of worship they had no problem with jesus being worshiped they had an intense problem with christians refusing to worship any other god in addition to jesus and what they saw was hey if you're not going to worship the roman gods you're actually being from a a society society standpoint, you're actually a threat to us because you're going to displease the gods by not worshiping them Mm -hmm. and only worshiping this Jesus you're talking about. And then the gods are going to judge the Roman people and bad things are going to happen to us as a culture. And so a lot of people might not know this, but really a, a lot of persecution in the early church came from a fear that Christians were going to invoke the rage of other gods because they worship Christ alone. And wow. that led to a massive rift. And, and why, you know, it's really not too dissimilar from what happened in, in say, Poland uh, in, in the late 1930s, where people start turning in Jews. They, they start saying there's Jews in that household, there's Jews in that household. They start turning them over to uh, the Nazis um, they basically, the Romans started turning in Christians they knew worship Jesus alone, and persecution would ramp up. And so it, if you understand how serious and how big of a deal Christ alone always has been throughout church history, you can appreciate it more as a doctrine.
1: Amen. Mm. Yeah, I don't think I could add too much more to that, you know, as as Chad is um so helpful and all that information pointing out, you know, the, really the, the heart posture behind the, the thought of in Christ alone. Mm-hmm. I think, um, even in our culture today, it's an issue. We may not have all these idols that we, uh, that we hold up, but the thought of there only being one way of there just being one mediator between God and man is not a comfortable thought to people who want to make our own way. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think in Christ alone, it just, uh, it really destroys the notion of, I'm going to go my own way. I'm going to kind of make my own path. You know, no, there's one way to the Father. You know, so yeah,
2: yeah. If, if you're if you're worshiping Christ alone, it means that you're obeying Christ alone, and that's a threat. So when 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 Jesus has the final say, when you're saying he's authoritative, he's authoritative, you're also then by default saying the, these other sources right. of authority. Well, of course, I mean we're we're under layers of authority. Mm-hmm. Um, and jesus is the ultimate uh, in that um, when you're you're saying Jesus said this but the world says this so I believe Jesus that's the problem
0: mm. so let's let's uh, kind of focus in a little more specifically here um, and, and we've kind of touched on this already uh, but why uh, in particular was this an important <laughs> theological distinction for the reformers we talked a little bit about uh, Chad you mentioned this um, as kind of that and or alone the church of uh, the catholic church was saying one thing these reformers were trying to fight for uh, christ alone and i want to ask this question uh kind of narrow its focus even more and just say christ alone for what uh, what particularly were the reformers fighting for christ alone uh, as the source of what fill in that blank
2: yeah well, the key issue in the reformation was how one is going to be reconciled to God. Mm-hmm. So, um, the, when, when you say Christ alone, I think the most helpful way to understand Christ alone from the, from the reformer standpoint is to understand it was the merits of Christ, his righteousness that ultimately was their hope for salvation. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to oversimplify that, but that, but that is the case when, when, um, uh, when, when you say uh, there's actually a interesting uh, thing I was reading not too long ago about just how much crossover there is between Christ alone and faith alone. Yeah. For people. And the connection being Jesus is obviously the object of the faith that is that you're placing. And you're saying my faith alone in Jesus is what saves me. Mm hmm. And so they're, they're tied in together. One is saying faith is is ultimately what saves you. Christ alone is telling you what you must place your faith in in order to be saved. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there's a, a massive la- uh, kind of uh, overlap in those two solas uh, specifically. And um, the so so we're we're talking about the reformers were wrestling with the question: How is one reconciled to God? Is it through Jesus and um, certain rites, certain sacraments, uh, cert, you know whether it be um, uh, papal uh, edicts or whether it be, like how is one reconciled to God? How is one saved? How is one sin paid for? And uh, and the and reformers were saying no, it's only Jesus and His righteousness that ultimately is going to save anybody.
1: Yeah. Amen. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going to take it. The connection between faith and then the object of the faith being Christ. Um, you know, I I think it's just, uh, really important for Christians to, to make that distinction really clear because Mm. we can get caught up in the kind of, um, the vanity of just, uh, having strong faith, being a person that really just believes they're going to make it through. And, well, well, that might be a positive mindset, and there might be some healthy things in that. That's not a way a person is saved by by just you know being hopeful and and believing uh, you know in, in what they don't see. But the object of the faith is what really is being nailed down here. Um, you know, Christ, um, what he accomplished through his life, death, and resurrection. Trusting in that alone, you know, and it's it's. Uh, it's one of those things that we're constantly fighting against. Like as I'm trying to disciple my kids and I'll, I'll talk to Eli about, you know, salvation and, um, and talk to him about heaven and hell. And mm-hmm. I, I constantly find him going back to putting his trust in. He knows about Jesus. He knows about the cross. He knows about all these things. But it's like his human nature to go back and put his trust in things that he's done to connect his mm-hmm. faith like the hope of one day going to heaven or being with God. Well, I go to church or I've memorized Bible verses or I don't do bad things. Yep. And, and I'm, you know, I'm constantly reorienting where that faith lands and what it's connected to. Um, and that's really as simply as you can kind of state it, what it means mm-hmm. to, to say in Christ alone. It means the, the object of your faith solely rests in this person alone.
0: That's good yeah my um, my thoughts mm-hmm. kind of are drifting toward uh, actually a, a passage I've been looking at a lot this week. It's going to be the, the passage we're looking at this Sunday during for our service. Um, so uh, John fifteen uh, is kind of capturing some of these final moments of Jesus with his disciples and not to give away too much of the the sermon here, um, but I'm just going to read, read this and it kind of addresses what we're talking about um, Jesus in teaching his disciples says this, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Uh, Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches." Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And so this uh, kind of captures, for me at least, this idea of which comes first, uh, faith in Christ or works. Uh, He's saying here, look, he's not saying that we have to do a certain amount or type uh, or quality of works in order to be able to abide in him or to be found in him, to be connected to him as the vine. Uh, He says, actually, we can't do any of those things to connect ourselves to the provision of salvation and all the blessings that flow from being a part of the vine. Uh, He's saying, hey, you need to be abiding in me. Then that produces a new life full of works. That's Mm -hmm. where uh, salvation Mm -hmm. comes from is not found in producing the fruitfulness of works. But you can only produce uh, a new life of fruitful works if you know me and if you abide in me. Uh, So I think that's where... Uh, in my mind, he he's helping these disciples and ultimately us know that, hey, we need to abide and and put our trust and our hope in him alone as the source of all that flows out into a life that trusts him. Um, I, I think it's right. so true. We ultimately uh, will drift back always into this. I need to be producing fruit or I need to be pursuing Christ. And we al- almost make this idea of abiding something that we accomplish but i love how he says this here that hey apart from me you and i can do nothing Uh, so we ultimately need christ alone and and of course that's just reconfirmed in ephesians 2 when he says that we've been uh kind of remade we've been reborn in christ for good works that he's prepared beforehand but ultimately we're saved as we said earlier by grace alone faith alone in christ alone not by those works right
1: Yeah. I think the connection between, you know, um, faith um, and works there is it's um, it's such a tight connection, you know, depending on the direction you're looking at it. And that's where we get a lot from James, where he says, you know, faith without works is dead, Mm -hmm. because in essence, when you're connected to the vine, the vine is life giving. The vine will produce works. It will produce fruit if you're connected to it by faith in the, you know, in the person of Jesus Christ. And so looking at it from one direction, you can kind of reverse engineer and say, we can tell if a person is connected to the vine by if they have works, you know, are they bearing fruit, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but it's, it's dangerous to, uh, to say that the works are what connected you to the vine. And you gotta, you know, you gotta think properly about Mm -hmm. that kind of circle and how that works, because uh, if you don't, then you end up with, you're not in Christ alone anymore. You're, you're Christ and now. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's what we want to avoid in our thinking.
0: Yep. So let's, uh, let's kind of move on into these last couple of questions. And, and I think we could even answer these together. Um, so why, if all of this is true, uh, why is solus Christus an important doctrinal distinction for us today? And then how does that kind of impact or uh, direct our life as a church um, but also our life as individual believers. Uh, how does Solus Christus um, impact our day-to-day life as believers?
2: Well, well, I'll speak to that as a church part because it's, it's tied so closely to our lives as believers. Mm-hmm. Um, Solus Christus, uh, to believe that, is to be gospel-centered. So we talk. You know, one of the things, one of our core commitments is gospel-centeredness. Uh, we uh, shameless plug. There's a podcast you can check out on gospel-centeredness. But really, if 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 I mean that that phrase, gospel-centeredness, what it means is we believe that the fundamental good news uh, found in the Bible is that Jesus, in His life, death, burial, and resurrection, has done enough to to save all those who believe. That is, that's what it means to be gospel centered. It means to cling to Sola Christus. It means that that is our hope, that what Jesus has done, not our checklist to Josh's point, not our uh, checklist of, of items or good behaviors or good deeds or or uh, five ways to a better life. Um, none of those things will save you. Um, only Jesus and his finished work on the cross uh, that gives us access to his righteousness by faith. That's, that's all we have. And so Mm. you cannot be gospel centered without clinging to solo Christus. You can't do it. Um, That, that is what it means. And so uh, notice every single thing about the gospel is directly connected to Jesus. We're saying Jesus, life, Jesus, death, Jesus, resurrection. So, Everything about the gospel is a story about Jesus. And I actually, weirdly enough, like it's kind of funny, but I do think this can happen, uh, particularly with people who um, enjoy, as I do, reading, you know, weighty, deep theology. You can lose Jesus, just Jesus. Mm-hmm. You can lose Jesus in thinking about other aspects of, of, um, of doctrine at, at points, like you really can, and so sola Christus is a is a grounding point. It, it keeps us connected to the source of life. To your point, it's and, and Josh's point, fantastic. Uh, uh, you know, he, when he mentioned, like, it's not it's not even the it's it's not even your faith or the strength of your faith in Jesus that saved. It's the Jesus you're placing your faith in. That's such a good point, and so. Um, you, you, you can't disconnect or or, or uh, draw uh, a point of, of disconnect between Christ and the gospel. It, that is, he is the gospel.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
2: yeah. and so, Sola Christus just keeps us grounded to a person. Yeah. It keeps us grounded to a person. I mean, that's 1
0: Corinthians 2, right? Paul says that when he came to them, he didn't come proclaiming the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. Uh, for he decided to know nothing among them except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Uh, right. Paul, the, the core, yeah. the foundation of Paul's theology was that person of Jesus, was Christ alone and his death, his burial, his resurrection. So things that he can constantly calls believers back to, to remind them of amidst all of their varied circumstances and all of their varied struggles, uh, each church you see him interact with, he always starts with reminding them of Christ and Christ alone. Right.
1: Yeah. 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 I think um, one of the things that's so true, um, uh, you know, one of the things for me that grounds me um, is remembering, you know, just what we're talking about in Christ alone, no matter how long I've been a Christian, like I was on the phone with one of our um, church member yesterday and I was talking about some of my own struggles during this time and some of my own like spiritual battles and some of the, you know, the darkness. And, you know, you're, we're reading a lot about, uh, pastors struggling with depression and even suicide yeah. during this time and and um, I'm, I'm reminded of this um, this sermon from Spurgeon again and again when I'm thinking about the difficulties with walking with the Lord after you've been doing it for a time mm. you know because we're tempted to think that as we walk with the Lord and we grow sanctified or we learn about the Bible we're tempted to start to think that we're sort of removing some of the weight off of Christ's shoulders for what it takes to save us. Like when we mm. first got saved, he was carrying all the load. But now that we're more of a Christian and we're further down the line, mm. it takes less of Christ to save us. And we have this mindset like, you know, and, and that's totally not true. And, and I remember Spurgeon in one of his sermons, he said something along the lines of, you know, the, um, the, 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 the man who has been a sinner his whole life and um, just run from God and and comes face to face with the gospel and is saved requires as much Christ as the dear elderly grandma who has been walking with the Lord's all her life. Mm-hmm. Like they require as much of Jesus to be saved. Um, and, you know, as I was talking to this uh, church member, my, my basic thought was, you know, I keep coming to the conclusion that all I have is Christ, man, that I'm just broken, like, yes, there's growth and God is doing a work. He's finishing it. But at the end of the day, you take away Christ and we we have nothing. Um, so I think for me, like what it does for me in my daily life, just remembering that it's in Christ alone. Mm -hmm. It's a, um, it's a humbling grounding kind of thought that none of us have arrived. Um, I don't care if you're a, a day one Christian or a 20 year Christian, if you're not pressing into in Christ alone, um, you know, you're, you're missing it. Um, because that's, that's all we have.
0: That's good. Um, well, we, uh, definitely want to always be remembering, uh, these things are not just, you know, theological things to have lofty thoughts about. These are truly grounding truths that help us in our daily life. Remember, uh, it's not about us. It's not about what we've done or what we can do. Uh, it's about what he's done, and trusting in Christ alone for for all that that brings to us, all that we get to possess of God uh, in Christ, and all that we now get to experience uh, through through Christ.
2: Hey, Tyler, yeah. just a real quick uh, pastoral encouragement mm-hmm. on, on this uh, particular on Solo Christus. Um, yeah, I mentioned whether or not you get really consumed with. Um, Deep theology, which requires a lot of abstract thinking, or whether or not you just get burdened down with life and busyness and your own struggles, like we all do, regardless of where you're at on that spectrum, um, one of the things that goes first when when you're in e- when you get kind of too deep in any of those weeds is you depersonalize the gospel, and and it becomes less about a relationship with Jesus personally. That it is either abstract thinking on one hand, or you're just so disconnected from the person of Jesus in your own suffering. You're just distracted from from Him. And one of the things that I have to do pretty regularly, and, and is is reorient my my relationship with Jesus personally with Him. Um, and and it, it and one of the things I do to to trigger that to to snap back into this is fundamentally about my relationship with a person and that's Jesus mm. uh, is read the gospels and 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 reading the gospels and just watching and interacting with Jesus as he lives his life and as he interacts with other people and things he says and and mm. and just it it causes me reading the gospels causes me to to personalize the gospel again and it caused me to remember why I just I lo- I really do like I love Jesus. Like as a person, I love this man. I love how he acts. I love how he thinks. I love what he says. And, and, and it just, there's something about the gospels. You, it doesn't matter which one it really doesn't matter. Um, just pick one. And if you're struggling in that to just get to know Jesus again, to refresh yourself, on, it, it's, it's like, a, it, it it's like spending time with a, a friend or a spouse or whatever. It's like, it's, it's reacclimate. It's like remembering who this person is and why you love them and you yeah. need those. You, you need that because it's, you know, like with life, you get so busy, you get so distracted that, that those relationships get, they get me and you, you kind of get away from, uh, you know, marriage can be depersonalized and get functional and relationships and friendships, same way. And so it's really important to do that. Mm. And, and and you need to do some maintenance sometimes on your relationship just with Jesus. And and man, those are sweet times when you kind of dive back into remembering just Jesus and what he did and what he said. And it, and it just, it re-energizes your faith. It, it does mine. Like it just, yeah. it, it's, like, it's like gasoline when my faith is embers. It just, it, it blows up in a good way. And, uh, you know, I, I was, well I was reading in uh, the Gospel of matthew and and not too long ago, having this same thought, and I, and I I thought I've read the story a thousand times, but I still like Jesus says something that I just it made me just, I love that guy. Like I love that guy. Like nobody would say that but Jesus. No one would act that way, but Jesus in that moment. He's so unpredictable. He 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 he's gracious when you think he's going to lay the hammer down. He lays the hammer down when you think he's going to be gracious. He's he's just he's utterly unique. And I just need to be reminded of that. Amen.
0: Yep, yeah, and that's um I think that's what's so beautiful about that the picture of of the vine that I mentioned earlier. That was his call to those disciples then as they were walking into uh, what was about to be probably some of the most difficult days of their experience following Jesus, seeing their Lord and their master, their friend die, what does he tell them to do? Abide with me and I abide with you. That's, that's what this whole Christian experience is in essence about. That's the core of the gospel is that we now, uh, as uh, people by faith that are connected to this Jesus, just get to abide with God and have him abide with us. Um, So Christ alone, it's uh, it's the only hope we have. Uh, We'll appreciate you guys uh, jumping in on this conversation. And uh, hopefully as you're listening to this podcast, uh, this will spur you on to get to know Jesus again. Uh, Go and read your Bibles and uh, reacquaint yourself with with Christ who alone gives us uh, access by grace through faith uh, to, to the Father. where We can be restored and redeemed. Uh, we appreciate these conversations. We hope that you do as well. Uh, if you're watching with us on Facebook Live, thanks again for joining us. Uh, but if you're listening on a Podcast Catcher later when we post these, make sure to share this with a friend. Give us a nice rating and review. And uh, we hope, again, that you are benefiting from these conversations as much as we are. Uh, look forward to the next few episodes as we continue to unpack these, uh, the rest of these five solos And we will see you in the next one.